So uh, we'll just uh, start it up here. Will I have to? Uh, will I have to answer a brief survey at the end of this call? No. <laughs> <laughs> what number is this, Chip? Episode fifty-eight: The Monkeys on Tour with Andrew Sandoval, who gives us some very cool scoops about the set list, the merchandise, and more. Okay, no, I mean, like, don't get excited, man. It's because I'm short. I'm you're listening to Zilch, a monkey's podcast. special episode of Zilch. The Monkees are on tour as of now. Tonight is the night that we turn another page in the Monkey Storybook, celebrating 50 years of bringing us joy starts tonight, Wednesday, May 18th, at the Barbara B. Band Performing Arts Center in Fort Myers, Florida. And we wish Peter, Mickey, and all the folks in the band, and everybody in the audience, and Andrew Sandoval, and everybody, a great show. Today, we have an interview that was recorded yesterday on May 17th. As the band was wrapping up rehearsals for the Monkees' 50th anniversary tour. So let's fire up the Zilch Hotline. Hello. And on the other end of the Zilch Hotline, we have the Monkees' manager, the Monkey historian himself, Andrew Sandoval. Welcome back to Zilch, sir. Thank you, Ken. It's a pleasure to be back. I never thought it would happen, but here we are. Yes, here we are, and you have some exciting news. The tour starts soon. Yeah, the, t- the tour starts tomorrow. I'm actually talking to you from Florida. We just landed in Fort Myers, and we had an amazing day yesterday in Nashville where we were prepping the tour, which uh, you know, pre-production rehearsals for the Monkees means uh, often learning new material, also figuring out how the multimedia video is going to work with the show. And yesterday it also meant a lot of press. Uh, the Monkees have a album coming out as you may have heard called good times and michael nesmith came down to do a three-way town hall interview with mickey and peter uh for a a, a sort of a contest assembled audience from sirius xm and that was really exciting because in all the years i've been working with them since michael came back in 2012 he's never sat down and actually done any media stuff with them Mm -hmm. like that so that was really cool and then after that we went back to the rehearsal studio where we've been prepping the show and he sat for an interview with Mickey and Peter as well for the CBS Sunday morning spot that's coming up at the end of May. Mm-hmm. And I see that there was an award given to the Monkees. Yes, and then in the evening, if that wasn't eventful enough, we all went over to uh, the Renaissance Hotel in Nashville where the NARM uh, convention, which is the National Association of, of uh, Record Retailers, uh, which is a big association, they, they gave a Lifetime Achievement Award to the monkeys last night and the monkeys are the second group to achieve uh, or receive this award after the who so wow. it was uh, it was quite quite a momentous occasion and uh, mickey and peter received very nice statues which i think some people have posted some photos of on online but uh, it was really cool because they played good times over the speakers uh, that the, most of the album before they came out and it's just exciting to hear it uh, you know, and uh, other people's reactions, and just 
talking about it. And that was also kind of the exciting thing about being around Michael yesterday because uh, we're all just sort of chatting about our favorite songs on the record. And the, you know, there's this great feeling and this great spirit that really hasn't been in existence for, you know, obviously not since Justice, but even I think in that period there there wasn't as much excitement for the, the record as there is now. So I agree. And another really cool thing was I noticed in the little booklet that uh, was at the event, it says, congratulations on your latest achievement, Good Times, and your well-deserved Outstanding Achievement Award. We've started mailing write-in votes for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Thank you for the joy <laughs> and happiness you provided us, your friends at Baker and Taylor. So I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, it's very nice. Uh, you know, I, I don't know what the chances are. I would never take a bet on it uh, as far as their, their thing. I mean, to me, the Monkees have achieved so much more being outside of the Hall of Fame and working at more as underdogs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think people associate with them and relate to them because because they're kind of underdogs and um, you know they're beloved in a, in a lot of ways. Uh, so I, I you know I I don't see them not being in the Hall of Fame as a, as a deficit really. No, no, no. But it's going to happen. It's just a matter of time. <laughs> I'll believe it. I'll believe it when it happens. But I, I would never have believed that we'd be on the cusp of so many momentous monkey occasions this year, even if I wasn't behind planning some of them. Mm-hmm. So it's it's very very exciting. Well, you and John Hughes and everybody at Rhino have to be kind of pinching yourself to to think that you would ever get Michael back into the fold like you have. And just I mean, 2016, what you've accomplished alone already, and what's yet to come—it's just absolutely amazing. From a from a fan's standpoint, this is truly an exciting time to be a Monkees fan. It is, it is. But there have been a lot of moments like this. But I think every anniversary year after 1986, people were expecting it uh, mm-hmm. to sort of happen in this great colossal way, and it ne- didn't necessarily happen that way. I know 96, 97 for a lot of people was a major highlight because of the new TV special Injustice and things like that and also because Rhino had put out the catalog again and, and mm. whatnot. but it, it it's sort of like to me as a Monkees fan I can talk sort of be honest with you um, it was an anti-climax for me because I was disappointed as a as a huge Monkees fan with with what actually resulted I mean I went to the tour mm-hmm. and you know I did get to see the four monkeys on stage together at Billboard Live which was incredible but you know it was just their new material and it was not so much about their whole legacy uh, and nobody really was sort of paying attention to that part of it and I, I it was I, I didn't it didn't resonate as much with me as 1986 where it just seemed like such an amazing thing with with the, the show on MTV, mm-hmm. you know, three times a day at one point, all the records coming out again, and then missing links and live in '67. Those records really turned me on to a whole world of of stuff, and really started uh, started me out on a path of wanting to get involved with with the Monkees. So, uh, it just to me, you know, every every anniversary seems like. We're going to really try it. This year really does feel special. I mean, I was around for the 45th anniversary, and it was the first time I put together a tour, the first time they had toured in 10 years at that point. And I spent two years talking Davey, uh, Mickey, and Peter into going on that tour. Mm-hmm. So it was a two-year-long process. And then, you know, talking to Michael and getting him to come in in 2012, that was uh, a multiple email process. You know, it was... Uh, 
there's a lot of a lot of work behind the scenes to get these different things to happen but this year it just seems organic it just feels like the stuff is happening because the monkeys want it to happen the fans want it to happen and rhino wants it to happen and i feel very very good about that agreed agreed 100% you summed it up perfectly having said all that we've got this tour that is is kicking off and I know that you were talking about encapsulating everything that the monkeys are. I'm sure that you are doing your best to make sure that this new tour is going to do just that. Yeah, I, I feel that there's a real opportunity. You know, I don't feel that it's uh, it's I have to do it, but I I'm a big fan of music from this era, not just the monkeys. Um, mm-hmm. you know, obviously a big monkeys fan, but they're you know they're not even uh, the you know they're not certainly not the only group I've been to see, and I was so impressed over the last 10 or so years watching Paul McCartney and, and the incredible shows he does. Mm-hmm. You know, these three-hour marathon shows with incredible set lists, incredible multimedia. I mean, when I came into the Monkees Fold to do those tours starting in 2011, I envisioned trying to get the Monkees to be uh, have a show that was similar to Paul McCartney that really, really satisfied both the people who just wanted to hear the hits, but also the deep deep fans and then have the multimedia to really bring it together and remind people why they love them and so each year has been sort of a challenge to do better than the previous year in a way or up the ante and then I saw the Beach Boys tour uh, for their 50th anniversary I'm a huge Beach Boys fan and I love mm-hmm. their set list they were doing about 50 songs in a night now I could never convince the monkeys to do 50 songs <laughs> I but I really feel like there's an opportunity to, to do some really cool stuff that we've never done before. And the show this year is going to have a lot of songs that they've never performed before on stage. And it's also going to have songs they haven't performed in a really long time. And it's going to have selections from nearly all of their albums. So um, not every one, but, but nearly all of the records. And, um, and some really cool uh, footage because we have all the Blu-ray HD transfers, and also I bought some footage, uh, some outtake footage and other things, be some rare stuff. So be prepared when you come into the Monkees concert this year, like every year that I presented it, you, you walk into the theater, maybe you'll go look at the merchandise, but there'll be Monkees music on the PA when you come in, uh, we'll be playing selections from the new album, we'll be playing outtakes and rarities to get you in the mood. Then you sit down in your seat. You're going to have a two-act show, meaning two parts. Play for about an hour to start uh, and run through a number of songs, including some stuff they've never performed on stage, like I'll Give Away. They're, they're going to do Let's Dance On this year, which they've oh, never performed. Wow. Craig Cohen's going to love that. That's his favorite uh, go-to party song. It sounds great, too. There's <laughs> a lot. It's a great melodica solo in it to look forward to. Mm. And then there's there's going to be a, an intermission. And the intermission, like in some of the previous years, they'll be showing rare clips of the monkeys and commercials and giving a preview of some of the stuff you would see on the Blu-ray. And then uh, Act 2 will be you know yet another almost hour of them performing and a bunch of goodies in that, in that set, too. Tomorrow's the first show. We ran through everything yesterday. I'm just hoping to keep them going on this set list that I've got because it's uh, it's got so many special things but I would say the people who get to see the early shows will probably get a different set list than the people who see the later shows because uh, with Good Times not being out yet we're, we're obviously doing a few songs from Good Times but we'll probably add more Good Times songs as the year goes on hmm. and there's certainly a break in the schedule where we go on the second tour in September and I would want to achieve having a bit of a different 
set list a bit of a shakeup for that one as well. Uh, it's a lot of work, and you know, Mickey's been learning a lot of a lot of new songs that they've never, you know, he's never had to memorize the lyrics for, or you know, <laughs> or songs from the '80s that they haven't done since the '90s, or or you know, so forth. Uh, I mean, Davey was really the guy who loved to pull out the stops and and change the set list every night when we started in 2011, and and we were doing crazy stuff like All of Your Toys and mm-hmm. I Don't Think You Know Me and. I mean, it's such a such a joy to work with him uh, on that, and, and uh, because he was such a fan too, and uh, it's been a little harder without him uh, to 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 do it and to to convince uh, everybody that it was a good idea to do, you know, something like a, obviously people have seen the, the video online of Steam Engine, but that, that's one of the most requested songs that they've never done, and you know. Mickey and Peter had no idea that anybody cared about that song or would want to hear that. And they thought that I was kind of crazy to suggest it even. But when they started working on it and realized how good it sounded, you know, the early audiences will get to hear Steam Engine at the very least. So that excites me, you know, getting them to do these things. And the fact that they're so versatile and the fact that they are are such a unique and and such an unpretentious uh, group of artists that you could get them to do these things that are really cool. I think this tour is going to be fantastic. And here's a clip Andrew posted of the monkeys performing Steam Engine. This is just a bit of a clip from a rehearsal, so check it out. Sounds so exciting already. Of course, you've got that crack team of musicians backing them up. You've got Wayne Avers and Rich Dart and David and everybody. Uh, how are they taking to the new tracks? Really well. I mean, um, it's been that's been the most fun. I mean, yesterday, uh, just the first people who got to hear, we had a little invite-only audience to run through the songs and you know, doing "She Makes Me Laugh" and. There's just this great feeling. It's like the monkeys have this great new song that people really want to hear, and the the reaction was so great, and just hearing it live was so cool. And it just uh, brought to mind the fact that it was only a few weeks ago we were in the studio and they were recording it. You know, wow. and it's it really is very similar to the 1960s, the the fast trajectory of this whole thing. I have seen some sort of you know commentary online. Obviously, online everybody's got their freedom of speech and be critical but uh, people have been concerned about the way the album was put together and if it really you know it's not uh, the way justice was done or or headquarters and you know to me uh again i'll be very honest i i don't really see the comparisons between headquarters and justice Uh, they to me they're so musically different Mm -hmm. and the mindset is so musically different i think uh, on headquarters you had a group that wanted to, that were the monkeys, that wanted to be the monkeys. And you had a producer, Chip Douglas, who wanted to integrate the four of them as much as possible into these songs mm-hmm. and include them all singing on the same songs and really have this group spirit. With Justice, uh, you know, despite the fact that they do play everything and it's just them, there's not as much of a group interaction that I hear as a critical listener. And right. I, I was, you know, be honest, I was disappointed when that record came out I, um, because I expected so much from them. And I, you know, and I didn't hear Michael, uh, even though he's the producer, singing as much. And I love his voice, and I love, I love his solo records. 
Um, so that's what's so exciting to me about Good Times is that you get to hear Michael's voice and you get to hear him doing a range of material and you get to hear Peter too, you know, and and Mickey is sounding fantastic. Obviously we miss Davey and, uh, you know, I wish Davey was more involved, but I think trying to, in the, the, way, the way we put it together, it just sort of happened in a, in a way that felt right. It, it wasn't mm-hmm. too contrived. And I, I think all the songwriters wrote songs for them that they really, they were excited about writing for the monkeys. Um, so to compare it to more of the monkeys and say, oh, you know, these guys are sort of manufacturing this thing, it's, it's possible there's some analogy, but I think that there, it's done with a lot of love. And frankly, the monkeys and more of the monkeys are two really fantastic records. They are. I, I think I'm partially to blame for some of the the sort of I don't know, mythology of the monkeys as a group in all the stuff I've written about them. I certainly supported their effort, you know, I was not around, but you know, I support their effort and concept to be a group on their own. But mm-hmm. without Davy it just it can't happen the same way. So, um the fact that we could do a record like this and the just to see the sort of look on everybody's face when, you know, we're talking about the new songs and, and just the excitement about the music is just, it's really special. And it's also strange that, uh, you know, the public's kind of judging an album by two songs, and now we've, heard, we've been lucky enough to hear a third. And those, those three songs run quite a gamut in the sense that you've got Mia Magdalena, which is, to me, one of the most serious songs the Monkees have ever done. And, and it shows their age and experience. And then you've got something that's just insanely good bubblegum pop, which is fantastic. And so to me, to have that at this stage of the game, I listen to those songs and they make me feel good. You know what I mean? It's kind of yeah. like that pair of jeans that felt so good that you had to get rid of it at some point. <laughs> well, it's, it's good to put these jeans back on again. Well, what's crazy about it is that after the record comes out, there's still these other songs. Oh, yeah. That, you know, like the other version of Me and Magdalena is, I feel like as the compiler of a couple of the Missing Links records and, and putting out all these, you know, outtakes and things like that, it was it was really weird, but not by design. We ended up with other stuff that wasn't on the record. And the other version of Me and Magdalena is so out of this world. I mean... I wanted that originally. I, I was like, "Oh my god, that has to be the version that's on the record." It's such a different arrangement. It's so cool. It's so, and it's again, uh, Nez and Mickey singing it. Mm-hmm. Um, so look out for that. And then uh, the track I got to do called "Loves What I Want" is very much in the boys and heart tradition of you know, classic sort of uh, what you know what they did. I wouldn't say it's like A level boys and heart because I'm not quite <laughs> quite there, but you know. Um, it's one of those songs that I think people who, who love, you know, sort of stuff like Me Without You or Apples, Peaches, Bananas, and Pears mm-hmm. or those kinds of things will really like like this track. It's great. And um, the, uh, you know, there's a song that's not on the record called Terrifying that, again, it's like a what if. I think that's maybe the best song from the sessions. So there's a lot to look forward to beyond just the record. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm, I know these songs are all going to make it out. And I don't think it's a matter of a marketing thing where they're they're doling them out on these different uh, formats just to get people's money. I think if the producer had a concept of what he wanted on the record, and that's what you're going to get on the basic good times. And all this other stuff that falls outside of the circle is just kind of like the missing link stuff. It's stuff that you know didn't 
didn't make the cut originally, but some fans like me will probably think it's better than even some of the things on the record, you know? And I think that's, that's cool, you know? You know, it's, it's funny. It's I'm talking thing. to the guy who, uh, you know, compiled missing links and all this stuff. Did you like go around making sure that extra tape was rolling on everything so you could put out the fourth edition of Miss, missing links? No, no. I, <laughs> I, you know, I had, uh, I, I had a bit to do with the record, but I, I didn't certainly didn't have everything to do with the record. Mm-hmm. And um, the bit that I did have to do with it, I was just so, I had to pinch myself. I was like, I'm going to the monkeys recording session. I mean, uh, as a as somebody uh, who grew up listening to them and studying them, you know, and then writing a book about their recording sessions and listening to every recording session that was extant uh, to 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 write that book, and then actually going to a recording session and watching them do their thing, and then the very last recording session for for these album sessions, I was producing, and that was very strange for me. Had to be. Yeah, I mean, I was confident I could do it because I've done other production work uh, and I've worked with them for a long time. But it it was a really interesting feeling. Uh, I don't know, I don't, I you know, I I it, for for a lot of people they're the most important group. But you know, for me it's like the Beatles are the most important group and and everything. So I was like, okay, it's you know, I just sort of put it in perspective. These are these guys, the Monkeys, and I've known them for twenty five, twenty six years of my mm-hmm. life and. Just you know, this is oh totally normal. But I was kind of freaking out. It was it was incredible. You know, it's I I don't have any other words to say about it. But uh, I just you know uh, uh, something I never thought would happen. So, well, I personally want to thank you because this was the first time. I mean, the, I know that when Justice was was uh, around, there was a, a form of the internet, but now it's to a point where we were actually getting updates from you guys as they were happening kind of almost from the studio and i remember seeing uh you know you posting with coco and uh you know bobby hart and you know you were you were just as thrilled as i would have been you know what i mean it's it, you were seeing history kind of happening again in that sense and i i personally want to thank you for doing that both you and john hughes for taking those photos and putting that all out it was just fantastic and it it had to be a trip to have bobby hart in 2016 not 1996 or not 1966 but 2016 here we are again what was it like to work with bobby hart well it was it was great i had you know i co-wrote and co-produced a documentary on on boyce and hart and so i spent a lot of time with bobby hart i i first met him started interviewing him around 1990 and so we've had a long relationship and it was great I just knew he had to be a part of things uh, he wasn't necessarily thrilled about playing the Vox organ <laughs> but I had borrowed a Vox organ just for him to play because it's like that's got to be the sound of, of the monkeys from the, from the era that I want to be in Absolutely. And, uh, and he was very supportive and I asked his his uh, his production advice on uh, on how to do the arrangement because we had the demo from Andy Partridge. Andy wrote about eight songs for the Monkees album, and Adam picked uh, "You Bring the Summer," which was, I think, the second song that Andy submitted. Uh, and Andy kept writing songs, and then "Loves What I Want" came in, and I was like, "Oh my God, this is so great!" And you know, Andy's like, "Well, what about my other songs?" And and Adam wrote him an email and said, "Yeah, 
maybe Andrew will produce one of your other songs. So I actually was like, oh, I really hope so. And John said, well, we need these other songs for the uh, the exclusive versions of the record or B-side or whatever. Would you go in and do it? I was like, yeah. But I didn't believe it was actually going to happen. Uh-huh. All these things, like even you know when Michael came back to the band and, and you know we set up the tour in 2012, it was like, yeah, it's happening. We're doing rehearsals. Is it really going to happen? You know, and and then each year it's always like that. We're we're doing these projects. And I'm like, is it is it really going to happen? Or is it, you know? And it it has happened. So I I just my expectations are always like, gosh, I hope this happens. But if it doesn't happen, I'll be okay with it. You know. So uh, so I called Bobby and and I said, you know, this is what I want to do. And uh, then we had, were learning the song from the demo. Uh-huh. I had some chords in it, had a lot of diminished chords in it, which I had figured out, but I wrote to Andy Partridge, I said, I, I just want to make sure I have all the chords right, and he's like, I'll be truthful with you, Andrew, I, I don't know the names of some of the chords of the song. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then Bobby was figuring out, and I was over the phone with him, and uh, he was figuring out the keyboard part, and I was playing o- over the phone, I have a little, uh, I have a Baldwin electric harp support, like you see in the Monkees, uh television show uh mm-hmm. the monkeys get out more dirt that peter's riding around it's on like wheels i've got <laughs> one of those harpsichords and i was playing in my in my living room and bobby's on the other end and i'm playing him like okay here's what the chords are and i'm like i can't believe i'm teaching bobby hart the chords to a song <laughs> you know he's gonna be at my session tomorrow and, and he was sort of okay you want to do this you want to do that and i think this doesn't work on the demo and this works and i was like i can't believe i'm having this conversation this is incredible you know, so that was the setup to do this to do the track, and then I brought in Pete Thomas from the Attractions. Um, I'm a huge Elvis Costello fan and a huge Pete Thomas fan, by you know, and the Attra- Attractions fan. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've known him for for a long time. I did all of Rhino's reissues of of Elvis Costello's records, and I got to pick a drummer, and that was that was who I picked. And my friend Eric Paparozzi played bass, uh, and he's he plays with the band, uh, or he he played with the performer Cat Power for many years, and he's played with a bunch of other people. He plays in a band called Bambi Kino that recreate the Beatles Star Club era set list. They don't play anything past the 1962 point of, of sort of Beatles repertoire. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, he came in, and it was just the whole thing went so well. It was difficult to remain focused. <laughs> But uh, but then then you know I had also Mickey come in to do the vocals and Coco and then you know I send it to Michael uh, Nesmith for feedback on what do you think of the mix and what do you what do you what do you think I should do next because he's a, he's another of my production heroes I think his productions on those '60s Monkeys records are phenomenal and uh, so I definitely reached out I used the opportunity to reach out for advice from everybody and uh, and uh, I was just so pleased to get to do it you know it's a real a real uh, dream dream come true wow well you're a lucky man sir lucky man so let's get back to the tour uh you know you mentioned steam engine what are what are some other things that are gonna blow some people's minds as far as set list a lot of stuff <laughs> come There's on a give us things, a couple uh, <laughs> okay yeah i don't want to give it all away no, no, i mean no, everybody no. will know tomorrow night what yeah the, what all the surprises are but but yeah, I mentioned Steam Engine. I mentioned uh, Let's Dance On. Uh, let's see, what else can I divulge of things that they have? <laughs> no one's doing moving in with Rico, right? <laughs> no, I was, I was shocked. I mean, I was shocked when they did that. They brought that back in whatever uh, 2000 around that era. Yeah. 
I was shocked when they were doing Oh My My. I mean, mm-hmm. I love all that. And I think that's that was the great part about Davey was that he was sort of the he was the keeper of the set list. Yeah. Prior, prior to me, and he he always was. It's like, man, I I was just listening to a cassette in my car, man, and it's like, we should do. We'll be back in a minute, you know. <laughs> so, okay, that sounds great. You know, it's, uh, I, was, I was always shocked with the stuff that he would come up with. And, I mean, the whole idea that we would do all of Head starting in 2011, I was sitting in uh, London, the hotel we were doing press in February of 2011, with Mickey, Peter, and Davey. And they hadn't been together in 10 years, like, at the, the same place, you know. And we sat down, and we're talking about stuff. And I said, you know, Paul McCartney's got a tour coming up, and he's supposed to do all of Band on the Run, which he never actually did, but it was sort of speculated that he would. And they were like, we can do that. We could do a whole record. And then we decided that they would do all of Head. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was so great. You know, was, these guys are so creative. And and watching them, you know, play the songs or learn the songs that they haven't done in years and years. It's so much fun. We're doing from the uh, from the 80s, since you, you brought up your favorite album, Cool It, we are doing Heart and Soul. Heart and Soul. Heart and Soul. Excellent, excellent. Which is a terrific song and that's the first time they've done that I think since 97 Um, you know and obviously bringing back a few songs from the previous tours that I've done Saturday's Child Mm. which sounds great but there's there's some more surprises and visually there's some surprises too the entire multimedia show is completely redone uh, for this year so everything that has been on the previous years is all gone and we are now uh, all uh, we're now doing like full widescreen HD (laughs) For, for the for the video, so um, that between myself and Scott Gallup, who has done the editing on those since since the 2011, we had to completely rethink a bunch of them, and uh, and we had all the new footage, and it was that was very 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 time consuming, mm-hmm. uh, but very 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 fun to rethink how how the show would be presented, and also you know trying to come up with how how it's introed and how the show starts and all that, and how the shows the sets are broken up, all of that planning has has all been a lot of fun and uh, i'm just i can't wait for the first audience to see it and the first reports to come in and then we have the sound check uh things that begin and yes uh, i guess a date or two in these vip sound checks uh which that could be a lot of fun um as far as the amount of different material that the guys could do there's no set plan for that other than we've we've talked about possibilities of different songs and uh they're certainly gonna, you know, some artists give uh, give the audience, I think, like one or two songs, or or that's what the the merchandise people were saying. Well, so you you know, I guess we'll let the people in; they'll get to see a couple songs, and we'll lead them out. And I'm uh-huh. like, no, 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 we want them to see a big chunk of of uh, stuff. They're paying all this money. We want, so we're gonna let the audiences see probably about forty minutes or so of uh, rehearsals and run-throughs and different things. We're gonna try. Wow, it's gonna be like a little show before the show. Yeah. You know, a lot of people have been asking about the merchandise, and I think it would be smart for somebody to snap a really nice quality pic of the merchandise so that folks can know that they can get all this great stuff there. Because this is the year that you guys are incorporating all of the monkeys into the merchandise. That's right. This year we'll have a shirt that benefits uh, Davey's fund, and uh, Davey will be more incorporated into the show, and, and Michael's obviously incorporated into the show and all the multimedia, and we'll be performing some of Michael's songs. Uh, the Monkeys will be performing Michael's songs. We have a different hat this year. We have Mickey's tablecloth. 
I haven't actually physically seen the thing. John John had had yeah. seen. <laughs> I'm really excited about the tour book because I wrote I wrote the tour book this year and it's got every monkey's concert date in it for all 50 years wow. and it's got all the re- release dates for the records as well. So I spent a good deal of time uh, tracking down the stuff. I know there's a lot of information online. And uh, this supplements that. This has all of the Dolan Jones Boys and Heart dates in it and all the Mickey and Davy show from 77, all that stuff's in there. I wouldn't say it's 100% complete, but it's the biggest undertaking that I've I've had since my book came out in 2005 and also gave me kind of the bug to to want to go back and finish finish the job on revising the book. So I don't know when I'll have find the time to do that, but uh, it was really really a lot of fun i had i had some help from a couple of friends to to put all that together so but it is on the schedule at some point to do a a new version (laughs) yes yes it is on the schedule i do own the rights to the book and there are very few copies left of the original Mm -hmm. um and i i have a lot of new research and a lot of stuff i've never stopped researching but uh i certainly want to update it visually and i think that this tour book might give you a glimpse of what it might look like. Um, I worked with a great designer named John Sellers for for it and um, I think that uh, if he's game to work on the book then it'll be kind of fantastic. Wow. So that's fantastic news because that, that book is just so beloved by all Monkeys fans and uh, we, we definitely await that. So fantastic. Well thank you. That's very nice of you to say. I, I The book has been a really interesting, uh, you know, the reaction to that over all the years has been very gratifying. And, uh, you know, I spent 15 years working on that book. In all my free, in all my spare time, I would go on holidays uh, and sit at libraries before there was a real database, you know, of, of newspapers on the internet and literally physically go through every issue of Billboard, you know, with no search function. The search function was my eyes. You know, and sit and listen in real time to all of those things. It couldn't scroll through or or scrub scrub the wheel to to move the analog tapes faster. I did that for many, many, many years, and so it was it was really gratifying that so many people enjoyed the book and uh, picked it up. And uh, but I I haven't wanted to return to that <laughs> for obvious reasons because I want to do other things with my life. Right, a long fifteen years. Um, but yeah, it, it also I found out that a lot of people, you know, looked at that book and read it. Whereas the liner notes I did over the years, not as many people paid attention to that stuff. And uh, I, you know, it is a very different format, but but very satisfying. You know, excellent, excellent. Uh, I want to make sure that I'm doing everything that's possible to to let people know how special the show is going to be this year. Um, right. You know, so that so that's why I want to reach out to you and and talk with you a little bit. And um, we're our first show is tomorrow night. You know, I think I described enough of gave, gave people enough uh, tidbits without totally spoiling the uh, tomorrow night show. Um, but hopefully, enticed a few people who might might be on the fence. And I, you know, I read the stuff online, and and the people, oh, it's not the same without Davy, and it's true, it's not the same without Davy. They mostly spell his name with an E Y. So I wonder how <laughs> how deep into it they are, um, and um, or they you know I saw them already. Well, this year is totally different. This year's they have this this record with fantastic songs on it. It's all new multimedia, really shaken up set list, and Mickey and Peter are into it. The band are super into it, and uh, you know 
we love the fans and we're doing this for the fans you know and I think that uh, I think that's going to come through in the shows and that's going to be really a, a positive thing and then seeing Michael yesterday was fantastic and uh, just the possibility that that uh, that there'll be more recordings or something else in the future with him would be great there's no there's no set thing but it just it felt good that the, that the guys are together they have this great stuff that's coming out this year and uh, we're just all really in a, in a good place so it's a nice nice way to 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 ring in this anniversary wow this is a very exciting week the monkeys start their tour we've got me and magdalena dropping friday and uh, we're all on the edge of our pink party hats so <laughs> <laughs> indeed indeed we are indeed we are so we look forward to uh, all the news and video and everything, and we want to thank you for being part of this and letting us be part of this with you. Uh, thank, thank you for coming on the show, seriously. Well, thank you, Ken. Thank you for providing a forum. It's not always possible to give out all the info uh, because, as I said before, you never know what's going to happen next. And also, there's a part of me that feels like, uh, as much as I'm involved in all this stuff, I don't want it to be too much about what my part in it is I, I, it's really the monkeys uh-huh. and, and it's really the monkeys fans and it's their relationship it's not my relationship with the monkeys and that's always what I have in the back of my mind I want the fans to be happy I want the monkeys to be happy somehow and, uh, and that's really what my job is well please don't take this the wrong way but both you and John have kind of made yourself invisible in that sense to where you've made it all about the monkeys not like an ego trip on your part so so job well done job well done well thank you Ken. I mean that's why I that's why initially I'm always reluctant to do interviews but when I feel like like I I felt like in 2011 with the that tour the people missed it they didn't mm-hmm. get to see Davey because they just thought it was gonna be the same thing and it really wasn't that year and I don't want people to miss this tour because they think uh, I've seen it before or they're not going to do anything that special. It's going to be pretty great. Wow. 2016, the year of the monkeys, and we want to thank you for making it that way and being being part of it along with all of us and Rhino and the monkeys themselves and their great touring band. We can't say enough good about Wayne and Dave and Rich and everybody. They're just What an excellent backing band. Yeah, don't forget John, and he's an amazing bass player, and Coco. Yeah, I I just just didn't want to leave anybody out, so I didn't try to include everybody, but Coco is just so amazing on background vocals, and uh, Mr. Billings on bass, just, I mean, you can't beat it. Him and Rich have a great rhythm section. They're like my family, you know. uh, I've spent the last, since, you know, five years, every year at some point with them doing stuff, and uh, I I love them all dearly, and, uh, you know, I always say, Mickey Dolan's made two great discoveries, Jimi Hendrix and Rich Dart. <laughs> and it was his birthday recently. Yes, happy birthday, Rich. And we also want to say happy birthday to Melanie Mitchell. And there's another uh, Rhino May baby, uh, John Hughes. It was John his... Hughes. It was his birthday yesterday. We, I, I made sure he got his photo with the monkeys yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I saw where he uh, Facebooked that he was getting a private concert. From the from the guys, he did. He did not. Speci- it was not specifically planned that way, but it. But uh, we let him believe it. Um, <laughs> I have to. I have to say, on uh, January fifth of was ninety six, mm-hmm. they the uh, they did the big platinum record award ceremony at the Hard Rock with all four monkeys, and that was my birthday. So I got 
So, uh, you know, I have to top John somehow to get to see all four monkeys on my birthday one year. And I also got to see the Monkey Mobile get a ticket. That was actually the highlight. Well, I was I was hoping that uh, good times would have been for my birthday on the 25th, but just two days short. So I'm going to take it as a late birthday present. So everybody, let's celebrate together as good times is coming. All right, Ken. All right. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you for being on Zilch. Bye. Thank you. Have a great night. Take care. See you on tour. Okay, see you. Bye. like to thank Andrew Sandoval for being on the show tonight. So fantastic. Today on the Zilch Facebook page, John Hughes posted some very cool pics of the merchandise that would be on sale. The t-shirts were $35 a piece. The sweatshirts are $60 a piece. Wool hats for $25. Bumper stickers and and of course the poncho is going for $75 so that's pretty cool it, it looks so great and then there's the keychain the $15 set of maracas with the with the monkeys logo on it and of course they do not have the microfilm included with them there's also a monkeys mug and the monkeys tour book is $20 so check that out so be looking for the monkeys on tour they're going to be all over the place they may even be coming to your town so please check them out here are some of the tour dates for May, of course, May 18th, Fort Myers, Florida, May 19th, Melbourne, Florida, May 20th, Tampa, Florida, May 21st, Atlanta, Georgia, May 24th, Charlotte, North Carolina, May 26th, Washington, D.C., May 27th, Boston, Massachusetts, May 28th, Philadelphia, PA, May 29th, Red Bank, New Jersey, and of course, for more updates on that, either check the Zilch Facebook page or the official monkeys.com for tour dates. Real quick, I'd like to say that we got a cool bit of correspondence from Wayne Adderley from Southampton, United Kingdom. He said, I've only recently come across your podcast show and I'd like to say how much I'm enjoying it. Everyone there does a great job. I've been sharing your podcast with my monkey friends to help spread the word. All the best for the future, and keep the monkey's flag flying. Wayne from England. Thank you, Wayne Adderley. Glad to have you along with us. And you can get a hold of us over on Twitter at zilchcast.com, or you can email us at zilchmonkeys at gmail.com, or find us on our Facebook page. Go to Facebook and look under Groups. You will find Zilch Monkeys Cast. That's us. You can pick up some cool Zilch merch as well. We have our Zilch podcast shirt with an animated drawing of some of our favorite performers and a shirt that may help you fly, but we don't guarantee flying lessons. So check out that. Do a search for Zilch over at Redbubble or Designs by Ken. And that's me. I'm, I'm the Ken in Designs by Ken. So <laughs> as a bonus interview, here's a clip from Mickey Dolans and Peter Tork being interviewed by Simon Mayo from the BBC of September 2015 when they played at a festival over there. It's just a fun interview and fun recording. It's the Monkeys and I'm not your stepping stone and I'm delighted to say that Peter Tork and Mickey DeLenz are actually physically here in the studio. They're <laughs> out the shed and uh, and they're here now. Peter, here, how are you? In the flesh? I'm, yeah, in our bodies, yeah. And, and as to the question, which was, what was the question again? I haven't actually asked the question just yet. Yeah, you did, I thought you had. <laughs> no, 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 it's just very nice to have you here. Mickey, you, asked how, you. you asked me how I was. Oh yeah, how are you? Compared to what? <laughs> well, compared to Mickey. I'm great. 
Mickey, how are you compared to I'm, Peter? Uh, I'm uh, even better. I'm, I'm, I'm doing very well. We're having a great time here in the in the UK, uh, just running around like crazy, uh, getting ready to do a couple of shows. I'm so glad to be back here. You know I'm quite an Anglophile. Yeah, well, you, live, you lived in Nottinghamshire for, for a well, long time. Well, London and Nottinghamshire. I lived here about 15 years in, in total, yeah. yeah. Mickey feels Pro- like he's home. Producing, uh, directing. and, and, he gets, and we, we drive him through the streets of London, writing. and he's beginning to weep. <laughs> no, he's not. I'm kidding. I'm well, why didn't you ever live here, Peter? Because Mickey's, you know, we like Mickey. He lived here. Why yeah, can't you live here? I don't here? know. I like England lovely. It's, I just, you know, whatever it was I was doing was keeping me where I was. That's all I can say. Just on the side of, of Stepping Stone, which I think has aged fantastically well. It's still, mm. I mean, I had that up very loud, as I'm sure you realise. Right? Yeah. Just because what? it sounds a terrific, it <laughs> sounds a terrific song. And yeah. uh, the Sex Pistols did a version of yep. that, which, so was, which was absolutely blinding. I mean, I would just wonder if you think, does that, does some of the songs, age particularly well, particularly badly. How do you think Stepping Stone sits in your Well, who knows? I mean, you'd have to ask the audience that. Uh, You know, not us. Uh, Some songs and some films and some books and some TV shows just just happen to connect with with people. Uh, You know, you catch lightning in a bottle and and it just works. And that was one of them. And it's a huge song when we do it on stage. And as you say, other people have covered it. And uh, who knows? You can't dissect them, you know, these things too too much. But uh, it just worked. An evening with the monkeys. This is at London Hammersmith uh, Apollo on Friday. That's this Friday. And then the Mosley Folk Festival uh, on Sunday, the September the 6th. Peter, you were a folkie, weren't you, in the first yeah. half of the 60s? That's, that's, your, right, that's, yeah. yours, that's your scene. I so, came up as a as a uh, Pete Seeger-style folk singer. Right, so, uh, yeah. before, so before you were a monkey, tell us the kind of stuff that you were, that you were doing. Well, we were... Like Greenwich Village. Uh, yeah, I was doing mountain ballad songs... Uh, 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 the, I was born in East Virginia, North Carolina. I did roam. Nice, yeah, that kind of stuff. I think yeah. that I think you should have your own slot doing some of those tunes when you play that when you play these shows. We do. Well, we kind of funnily do. enough. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, now that you mention it, we have a sort of unplugged acoustic set uh, that we do, and and Peter does a version of uh, uh, "I'm a Believer." I thought love was only true fair tales. Man, Brian, that's good. Yeah, yeah, that works really well. (laughs) I think there's a little bit of an impression going on. We don't do that. Uh, Will you do a different set for the Folk Festival than you'll do at the the Apollo in London? Probably somewhat. Not majorly. I mean, you know, we go... This show is the monkeys, Mickey Dolenz and Peter Tork. We're going to do monkey songs, okay? Yes. Because, you know, we got no choice. So you got no. Not that we don't want to. I mean, we do. We love these music. But so, so Davy sadly passed away a few yeah. years ago, yep. and Mike Nesmith has just got other things to do. Yeah, he's, yep. he's preoccupied. He's, he's you know, we he's said, always Michael, invited. We said, Michael, we're leaving. He said, hmm? that was the last <laughs> thing we heard. If I, I, I would find that quite annoying. <laughs> no, well, well, you know, no. he, he hasn't been around. He really wasn't around for, for 40 years. I mean, you know, when David <laughs> yeah, and no, Peter and I got, got together back in the 86 for the first reunion, he was invited. He actually did show up and play in yeah, a couple one, of times. Yeah, a couple of episodes. Uh, ta- uh, I almost said uh, a couple of episodes, but yeah. He's our Neil shows. Young of Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Isn't Stephen Stills part of your story, Yes, Peter? he is. Wasn't he one Stephen, of the reasons that you ended up in Stephen and I were known as the kids who looked the same uh, on our Greenwich Village folky day. And uh, Steve apparently met one of the producers socially, and told he and and but was told that he wouldn't be eligible for a part because his hair and teeth would not be cinemagenic. They wouldn't be. They wouldn't look good on television. Right. And did he know anybody who looked like him who had one tenth his talent? And he immediately thought of me. 
<laughs> well, you were very striking. You had that kind of mop-top blonde hair. Yeah, I was already yeah. a Beatle freak a little bit at the time. You know, Beatles were, were starting to be a big part of my consciousness. They, You know, the thing about the Beatles is that between uh, folk and then rock and roll and the Beatles, between the early 50s rock and the Beatles, there was this time when the thing that was happening on pop music entirely was, how much is that doggy in the window? Arf, arf. It was revolting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then along come the Beatles. I like that was, song. It, was, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> I like so. that it was song. an okay song. It was all right. <laughs> there, there. I had a lookalike, too, who, who also, uh, same kind of story. Uh, I had a lookalike who told me about it. It was Mamie Van Dorn that they had in, but they thought uh, that she wasn't quite right. So, do you have anybody that looks like you that would have one tenth? Uh, <laughs> but you, uh, this is not going over, <laughs> and I can't think why it's not. <laughs> Mickey, so, 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 Pete was Greenwich Village, Stephen Stills, and you, of course, you'd you'd been a star already. Well, I had already had a series, yeah. so I had a private audition. I didn't go to the cattle call. A private audition. A private yeah. audition. Yes, I, because of Stephen telling me that he had met. I don't know, Bob or Bert, one of the producers, I th- uh, and, and show up for the auditions. I walked in there thinking I had an in. I walked right into the middle of the cattle call. Nobody knew anything from me about anything. Right past us walks this little guy with a, with a cock of the walk stride. Mm-hmm. And, and I thought, oh, my God, who is that sneering, self-important person? And it was Davey. <laughs> I was Davey. All right, well, give him a gig. Yeah, yeah so. that was it. <laughs> now... Uh, we're going to play another track. Now, I, I feel slightly nervous about this because I did this when Frank Sinatra Jr. comes in. This is going back a few months uh, to promote some concerts that he was doing, singing some songs of his dad and, uh, and an orchestra. And I had a whole bunch of Frank Sinatra songs. I said, you've got to choose one. And he, he couldn't. And we sat here for a while and I said, well, what song would you like to play? He said, I don't know. What song would the audience like to hear? He said, I couldn't possibly imagine. Anyway, so I'm going to repeat that good idea. <laughs> and I'm going to. We, so I've, got, I've just got lined up words. Yeah. Pleasant Valley Sunday. Ooh. And I'm a believer. Good. Mickey, what would you choose for Pleasant that? Valley Sunday. That's. Wait, wait. That's my wait, favorite one. Okay, wait, that's that's, your, that's my choice. So you both want Pleasant Valley Sunday? Well, of those, I've always thought that Pleasant Valley Sunday was the most adventurous musically. Yeah. And so it was, you know, it's always been intriguing. I've loved the changes. Carol King wrote the thing, and yeah. it is just out there. She does this cosmic loop thing where suddenly you're in a whole other key, and next thing you know, you're back home and you don't know how you got there. That's just miracle stuff well to me. All right, okay. Well, that's uh, look out for the cosmic loop. We'll play some monkeys. <laughs> Good and more name with, for a group. <laughs> more, more with Peter and Mickey in a second. Among the songs, among well, there were two. Well, there were two uh, two votes in the studio, and both Mickey Delenz and Peter Talk both voted for Pleasant Valley Sunday. Among the songs, among the uh, the candidates you gave us, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the best music the Monkees ever did was Rio Shio. Why? Acapella, four voices, you can't tell who's singing what, done live in front of cameras. Uh, the only uh, the only acapella thing we ever did, and the voices are just right on the money. It's just, it's, it's. I think that's... I don't think it's ever on an album. No, it's odd, odds and ends, you know, collected... Oh, yeah, uh, collector stuff, uh, yeah. Collected, Between uh, 1966 outfit. and 1970, you released 185 songs, nine stereo albums, five mono albums, nine non-LP singles. 185 tunes. And we made $45. You made $45. Four. You wait. 
You didn't make forty-five dollars. Forty-two fifty. Hang on, there's going to be a split. You might I, not. They I, might not make it to Hammersmith Apollo. That's what's <laughs> And of course, you guys met uh, met the Beatles, and because there's because they were the Fab Four, you were the pre-Fab Four. I love that. I love that joke. It never gets old. I know. It, well, it uh, you know, it's there are some people who haven't heard. It's it. not accurate, but it's funny. So who's going to do the John Lennon impression? I don't know. It's kind of no. we, we both do it and badly. Okay, badly, very badly. Well, maybe <laughs> they're not. They're not the Beatles, are they? They're the Marx Brothers. So how did that? Go, so how did that happen? Which the, oh the, the meeting? The meeting. The yeah, uh, we begged. <laughs> they, threw, they threw us apart. Well, no, actually, I was the first one to meet Paul. He invited me over to for, to. I was the his first house. one. I met George <clears throat> in um, uh, on a press junket, and I took a photo. and And then he invited me to a recording session at Abbey Road for Sergeant. What was that called, Sergeant? That album. Uh, I don't know whatever um, happened to that. Yeah, thing. Saffron. Sergeant. One of those. Bilko. Yeah, yeah Sergeant Bilko. That no, album. I was there, and I, I was blessed to be at the recording. Uh, one of the sessions for Good Morning, Good Morning which I actually covered uh, uh, a couple of years ago on an album. Um, and uh, the, so I met Paul, and then they threw a party for us, remember, at the Speakeasy? Yes, Speakeasy, yeah. yeah. And we just started hanging out. I, I hung out with, uh, with, with John and, and Ringo in Los Angeles. I still see, see Ringo once in a while. And, uh, and they got it. They, they, they did. Oh, sure. The it was John that Peter was making a joke, but it's true. John was the one that said they're like the Marx Brothers, which mm. is, you know, it, that's accurate. Praise indeed, and if anyone looks at the, you know, if they go on the internet, and they look at the just the title sequence, they they'll get the Marx Brothers reference straight away. Because for people, yeah. so people my age, I was a school kid, so I, it's nineteen sixty eight. I've sort of missed, missed the. I mean, the Beatles are on, and I know they're great and so on. But if I, if you're nine years old and you're watching TV, it's mm. the Monkeys, yeah. and so it's a thrill there to have you in the studio. So this is you. it was it was a moment. Yeah. It was. Think about the monkeys. Uh, so many kids have uh, now adults said that when they were kids, they they had their lives were really rough, except for one half hour a week. And I think the thing about it, the monkeys, the real significance of the monkeys, from my point of view, is that it was a show about four young adults getting along with each other and in the world without an older adult authority figure. Because up till then, every TV show on the air ever featuring young adults. Uh, had a had an authority figure, and the, the 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 paradigm. You should pardon my using the word. Was that you know as long as you're in the in good hands of somebody who knows what they're doing, you can get along. Mm. But by that point, you know the authority figures were letting us down big time, and it happened. You know, and so for us to be alone, but cheerful. That's the big thing. We were cheerful and cool, and we got we're along. We're too busy singing, mm-hmm. right. put anybody down. Something like that's that. That's good. And you have to do the walk. In fact, you know. I am. We're yeah. doing you didn't that little I'm side at the side table thing. here. I'm doing the walk. I do remember that even as a nine-year-old thinking, why is that guy wearing a woolen bobble hat all <laughs> the time? Because the monkeys were cool and they were funny, but that guy in the hat, I don't understand it. <laughs> Well, we're not so sure that any of us did. I'm not sure he knows either. He just wore it one day as a joke, and, and the producers, you got that's great, you got to keep it. And so, okay. Chris, he, he trimmed the, the little bubble ball on top. Yeah. He trimmed that, had to trim that regularly. Stan, uh, Chris in Derby, Simon, my granddad, Stan Holt, was directed by Mickey. Uh, he played Spadley. Oh, my gosh. It, 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 it's on television? Yeah. There you go. Is that what would that be? Oh God, I, I can't remember the 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 actual. This project. is while you were in. But I remember when I was directing here. I, I can't remember that was probably in. A, I was probably a. 
an LWT show. One of those. Karen from Leon Solvents. I love, love, love the Monkeys. Stepping Stone. Been a fan since the TV show. Many more years than I care to remember. Love to Peter. Love to Mickey. When you're not being Monkeys... Uh, what do you, Peter? You got a band called uh, Shoe Suede Blues. Are they yep. still going? Peter Torque and Shoe Suede Blues. Yeah, we do. We're kind of a blues folk pop rock blues. I think band. that's everything. Then. Well, <laughs> that's primarily blues. The name itself is a is a joke. It on, is a cool um, name. The too. great uh, the great uh, rockabilly era when on any given music radio station you were hearing blues, rock, country, and uh, and and rockabilly all in the same station. That doesn't happen anymore. First of all, rockabilly is dead. But Mickey, what do you what are you up to I, when you're not monkeying well, I, around? I do I do a solo show. Uh, it's uh, basically me doing monkey tunes and a few other things, and then uh, and of course musical theater. And the last thing I did of any of any note, of course, was right here in the West End on uh, at the Shaftesbury doing Hairspray, and I did that a couple of years ago here for uh, best part of a year. And you were actually I saw Mickey originate a role. Hasn't that been since the Hairspray? The, uh, in, uh, in that, 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 yeah, that's true. That wasn't a musical, but that, oh, that was a new musical, play. Yeah. But the Hairspray, I, I did, I did that here uh, for about a year, and it was wonderful. Do you still do the DJ thing? Because you were you were uh, on WCBS FM in New York and playing some oldies. You and... know, every once in a while, I mean, <laughs> I like to break out the old microphone and spin a couple of discs. Well, you don't talk like that, do you? <laughs> That'd be, that'd be quite annoying. I'm annoyed even as we speak. <laughs> uh, so I would always love the monkeys. Got it going on holiday tomorrow. I'm going to miss the show. Sometime oh. in the morning was our first dance 24 years ago. My oh, goodness. Thank you, Wendy. Yeah. Simon, uh, Mickey was my favourite monkey, but Peter was a close second. I still have my... <laughs> That's I, the story of my life. still have my monkey monthly as an annual LPs, Pam Bartholomew uh, in Nuts. Yeah, oh. I think those were three and six in the original. Uh, this from Craig Arnold. Peter played the Clitheroe Folk Festival and stayed at a local pub in Mitten, the Aspinall Arms, where he gave a concert, five pounds entrance. Your colleague Mark Radcliffe found out and introduced a feature on his show... Uh, <laughs> entitled How Have the Mighty Fallen? <laughs> anyway, tell Peter the Aspel has been fully updated and I'm sure they would welcome it, of course, uh, former circus boy, Mr. Lorenz, would be welcome too. Uh, anyway, an evening with the monkeys, London Hammersmith Apollo Friday and then the Mosley Folk Festival uh, on Where Sunday. Where are we headline? On Sunday. Of course. Yes. The 6th of, of September. Peter Talk, Mickey DeLenz, thank, thank you very you much so indeed. Much. Oh, Thanks Simon, much you have to stop in. now? Oh, gosh. <laughs> thank you, sir. Well, do you want to, well, in that annoying DJ voice, Mickey, yeah. do you want to introduce Keith Richards doing Trouble? Because that's on next. Trouble? Hey, Mickey DeLenz, here on BBC Radio 2, it's Keith Richards and Trouble! That's really good. Thanks. Well, we hope you enjoyed that interview. We would like to thank you all for listening to today's episode. Good times are here. Good times are happening. It is the Year of the Monkeys. The Year of the Monkeys. The Monkeys are coming to your town, your Blu-ray player, your CD player, and your computer. And you need to be prepared. We want to thank you for listening. We'll see you on the next episode. Stay amazing. No matter what, stay amazing. And we'll see you on the next episode of Zilch. And that's our show. Zilch is an online nonprofit monkeys audio fancy made by fans for fans. Any samples of music or interviews heard remain property of their owners. We are not related to the monkeys or any of their members, past or present. We are not affiliated with Rhino or Ray Bird. If you hear anything you like from the band, go on Amazon or iTunes and buy it. 
you enjoyed the show, like us on Facebook and rate us on iTunes. Thank you for listening. Until next time, I'm your announcer, Chelsea Epstein, saying always take some time to monkey around. Hi, it's Annabelle Jones. Help us carry on our father's legacy by becoming a member of the DJMF today and caring for the horses that he loves so dearly. So you can learn more about the DJMF at www.djemf.com. If you want to learn more about Written in Our Hearts, you can visit them on Facebook. And if you'd like to purchase the book, it's available on Amazon. To help take care of Davy Jones's herd, and to find out more information on the Davy Jones Equine Memorial Foundation, go to www.djemf.com.